The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This is Amanda Hirsch from the Not Skinny But Not Fat podcast. You might know me from Not Skinny But Not Fat on Instagram, where I spend my time talking about reality TV, celebrities, everything happening, and pop culture every Tuesday, okay? I also talk to some of our favorite celebs and reality TV stars. We talk about what's going on. Tune in every Tuesday and just feel like you're talking with your best friends in your living room. I'm not in the mood. Do we have to do this? Yes. Wait, are we recording? Okay, let's go. You're listening to The Allie Colbert Show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to the Ali Colbert Show. I'm your host, the Ali. <sighs> Jesus Christ. I'm not starting this over, you guys. So I'm your host, the Ali Colbert Show. I mean, that's just so you know, that's where I'm in. I can't get a sentence out. That's where I am at right now mentally. By the way, when I said good morning, good morning, that's how my mom would say good morning when she would wake us up. And let me explain to you how she would wake us up when we were little. She would come into our room and I don't know where she came up with this. It's like, she's like missing some sort of instinct. She's a great mother. She's very maternal and nourishing and nurturing and loving. But she would come into our room and she would immediately slam the lights on like I was late for reporting into, scrubbing into the OR. The lights would go fluorescent and she would go, good morning, time to get up. and. I honestly think that she triggered my nervous system every morning for like 18 years, which is why I have Crohn's disease, why I have a chronic anxiety disorder. And let's be real. That's probably why I'm gay. If someone would have woken me up nicely, softly, and then transitioned me into an alarm clock around, I don't know. I think I started using an alarm clock and not my mother's voice at a good point in time. But uh, that is probably why I am a homosexual. If someone would have just said, Good morning. Wake up. Okay, I'll come back in five minutes. I would be straight. And I don't know the connection, but it just makes sense to me. My dad was pretty good at waking us up, but you really want to be woken up by a woman. I don't know if that is because I'm gay. that That's my preference. But I, I really would, would prefer to not be woken up by a man, by two gay men, by a single father. Is that prejudice to some extent? Maybe, but... um. There's something about a woman's energy that's nicer to wake up to, which does feel inherently pretty lesbian of me. So I'm kind of coming into an issue with my theory. I actually I remember I was so obsessed with hearing my this is actually this is all getting fucked up, but I was so like attached to my mom and like didn't want her to stop waking me up, even though she was on awful wake her upper. But I was so like bonded to her like someone that you like tortured like Stockholm syndrome I'm like the person that's holding me captive is like the only way out that I actually got an alarm clock that you could like record the wake up sound and I asked her to record her voice so my mom would be like wake up and I think this was probably when I was like in seventh grade so she was like done waking up early and I was like I don't know how old are you in seventh grade like 12 or 11 maybe so I was like old enough to wake up on my own and I remember she recorded her voice and then I would start to get like triggered by the alarm clock itself. And that's kind of the metaphor for my entire relationship with my mom where like I can't get enough of her, but the closer I get, the more I want to explode. Anyway, this intro is coming to you live from La Boca Raton. Obviously, I'm back in La Boca Raton um, seeing my family. Julian is seeing her family. Julian's not here to record the intro because she's never recorded the intro. She's actually hitting golf balls with her family. I'm not sure why. She's probably hitting golf balls with her family while having a panic attack that no one is hearing her problems. So anyway, I just watched, you know, we just came off of the Oscars. And my least favorite moment of the Oscars was definitely when Amy Schumer made a joke about Ewan McGregor's wife and he got on stage and beat the shit out of her. I found that really disturbing when Ewan McGregor 
went on stage and pulled her hair and then kicked her on the floor. No, but listen, you know, that's the equivalent of what happened. Like, if that disturbs you hearing that, like, a woman got smacked around, it should disturb you just as much that Chris Rock got slapped. And, of course, you know, women, we're weaker, no one should touch us. Society puts a value on, you know, the men protecting... (gasps) (laughs) This episode's a fucking mess. I truly sound like I just had an orgasm on the podcast. That's not what my orgasms sound like. Okay, shut this off if you're in my family. I'm spastic. I'm spastic. We're back. The fact that Chris Rock got slapped. Obviously, I thought that at the top, I was like, this is a bit, right? The sound of the slap, it was like, you know, it was like, it was so like slapsticky almost. It was like, bing. I was like, this is, this can't be real. But then when they cut to Will Smith, having a meltdown in the crowd, shaking, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Then I was like, wow, this man really deserves an Academy Award because, wow, he's a great actor. And then I was like, okay, no, this can't be, this cannot be real. I mean, this cannot be fake. This cannot be fake. I think this is real. And it was strange. I watched it back a few times and just watching him laugh at the joke. And then you see Jada eye roll, the joke. And then I would imagine the conversation we missed was, you okay? And Jada goes, nah, that was rude. Uh, I'm tired of this. She starts to sort of grumble. And then Will Smith says, oh, I got to do something about that. I can't comfort my wife without beating the shit out of Chris Rock. But yeah, of course he didn't beat the shit out of Chris Rock, by the way. I understand he just smacked him. Like he could have, Will Smith's a big guy if he wanted to. He could have gotten up on stage and pummeled him. I think the point for Smith was I'm just going to slap him and just like prove a point on TV. Not so much as like I'm going to I'm going to inflict pain, which is, I think, why it was a slap instead of a punch. I do think that was intentional that Will Smith's like, look at me. I'm strong. I'm going to go show this guy, you know, don't make jokes about my family. I'm not trying to like get him on the ground and like bloody his face up. I did think it was pretty impressive how Chris Rock kind of like a gummy human, like like what's that Gumby guy like bounced straight back up and just went into the joke. No marks on his face. Just boom, right into the next sentence. Um, And the fact that people think they can punch a comedian or slap a comedian when they say a joke that doesn't feel good um, is basically everything that's wrong with this country. And then to end the show with an Academy Award for the person that went on stage and slapped Chris Rock in the face is honestly disgusting. Uh, I thought it was really disturbing and a really awful signal as to kind of where we are as a society that you can not only do that, but you can then not be removed and then be called on stage and given a golden statue. And I thought his speech at the end was total bullshit. Um, You know, you do crazy things for the people you love. Really? Do you ever just sit next to them and like control your emotions? Because that might be a really nice thing to do for the people you love. Do you ever not make a scene in front of millions of people and just keep it together and look responsible and behave respectfully for the people you love? That might be an amazing thing to consider doing, Will. And then he kind of drags Serena and Venus Williams, uh, like whole family, like into the speech with I thought which I thought was so stupid honestly that he's like oh you know art imitates life and life imitates art and now I'm the crazy the crazy one I'm now Richard Williams like no you're actually not at all you weren't defending a family member you're a millionaire nominated for an academy award destroying everyone's night because you're so fucking out of touch with what's going on in this world that a G.I. Jane joke makes you want to get on stage at the Oscars. Could you imagine how big your ego is if someone says something in in an arena that's being broadcast to millions of people and you say to yourself, I'm just going to get on stage and slap this guy in the face. Do you know how 
strongly you must believe that rules do not apply to you for you to be able to go on and then to not be reprimanded, but to be celebrated. And, you know, he gets on stage and he says he stands for love. And he's I'm a river. I am a river that's meant to connect people and love people. Then what the fuck? Like, I'm so tired of this lip service and not just from Will Smith. I'm tired of everyone's lip service. Okay, I'm like, I start going after you guys. I'm like, you listen every week. You tell me you love me. You don't comment. You don't share it on your stories. You don't tag me. I slap each of you in the face. No, of course not. I love you guys. I would never slap you in the face. Okay. Anyway, Jessica Chastain won, uh, which is amazing. And I also have a prize for Jessica Chastain, which is something that I will give her when we are on our date one-on-one. Man, do I think she's hot. You know, my friend has a very, very funny joke where he talks about how redheads, I mean, this is kind of like, (laughs) he has a really funny joke about how redheads are either like fairy tale princesses or they look like smashed pumpkins. Of course, it's not the, ni- hey, it's not the nicest Mike Fienwa's joke. But Jessica Chastain, God, I think she's banging. I think she's banging. Okay. Anyway, this is a great episode of the podcast. As usual, we have on Darren Carp. Darren hosts Reality Check on People TV. She's the host of Shaken and Disturbed, uh, the podcast. She also used to host Scissoring Isn't a Thing, where I was on that show, um, and it was really fun. And this is a really heavy lesbian episode. This is a really heavy period episode. No, it's all about like lesbian lust, lesbian love stories coming out. Those first girl on girl moments. So boys, get out your lubricant and your socks. Um, Look, it was awesome. I was so into it. It was so fun to listen to these stories and like feel all of these moments um, in like a young lesbian's life. That's like us going into the past. We're both kind of not young lesbians anymore on like a cellular level of just like, and then she put her hand on my knee and my life changed forever. So I hope you enjoy the episode. If you would like to write into the podcast, please do so at theallyculbertshow at gmail.com. We'll take confessions, questions, discussion, uh, proposals, pitches, and as always, leave a comment, subscribe, and share the socials, uh, share the podcast on your socials, and with your friends, screenshot it, put it on your story. Tag me, tag me, tag me, tag you're it. Thanks so much. Enjoy the show, guys. You guys, joining uh, the program today, we have a very, very famous lesbian. I'm going to give you a separate intro. <laughs> Darren Carp. okay? Darren Carp from People TV's Reality Check. She had a podcast, Scissoring Isn't a Thing, which I've, yeah. I was a guest on. Feel free to go listen to that episode. Scissoring Isn't a Thing. Darren Carp, your Instagram handle is at Darren Carp. No, it's at Carpe Darren, Allie. Fuck. It's God at Carpe Darren. At Carpe Darren? Yeah, like seize the Darren. Was that middle- really, was that joke really worth it to you? My middle name is Elizabeth. So it really was just my name backwards. That was it. And then Wait, it was like, what? oh, Carpe Darren. Because my last name is Carp. E is what my is- middle name. And then Darren, like Carpe Diem, but Carpe Wait, Darren. Wait, what's Elizabeth? Is my middle name. I- no, but what's Elizabeth backwards? What? No, it's not. Okay. Let me break it down for you. It's you Elizabeth a, you, Carpe Darren is you just have a Elizabeth first name Darren. Then my middle initial is E, and then my last name is Carp. So Darren E Carp. So my name backwards is Carp E Darren. So Carpe Darren Carpe Diem. Is this too hard yeah. for you? Is no, I much? get it. I'm just, okay. I get you it. I just this. don't get the backward thing you're saying. You keep saying backward. I'm looking at it on paper right now. I'm just saying Darren it's my, in e the Carp. order in the name in that the it's letters. It's not backwards. It's just your last name first. Backwards, your name would be. Eprokinadariad. You know it's what I mean? Like that's, yeah. Nirad yeah, but prak. that's that that's backwards. You know what I'm saying? Last name first, that's not backwards. Okay. Well, what is that then? What is that then? What is that's that? That's last name first. That's oh. not backwards, honey. Okay. That's not backwards. That's not backwards. When you, everyone okay, last knows, name first. I'm sorry. Everyone I, knows when you say words backwards, it's not just like Colbert out. I can't get into this. You either know or you know, you get it or yeah. you don't get it. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Like I said, I did your podcast. Scissoring isn't a thing. Scissoring isn't a thing is actually the podcast is actually not a thing anymore. Scissoring might not still be a thing, but the podcast 
is also not a thing. Ever anymore. since you came on, we couldn't continue. It just tanked. We couldn't. We continue. couldn't do it. It was we got negative viewers, negative listeners, okay. and we knew yeah, we had I no choice. Yeah, I just collapsed it. Yeah, <laughs> I think you know. Saying scissoring isn't a thing is a very bold statement. I actually happen to agree that scissoring is not a thing. I'll take that stance. Is that your stance that scissoring isn't a thing? Or is that something that you constantly debated on the podcast? We debated it a lot. Liz was very adamant yes. I was adamant no. But we, I, I think at the end, I still hold the position that it's not a thing. But when I say that, I mean it's in terms of the like... When people talk about scissoring as a general term, it's more of like through the male porn fantasy idea of what it is. Mm -hmm. Like this is like straight men coming to me being like, oh, do you guys scissor? And you're like, not the way you think of it. You know, like I've come to we 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 wanted to rename it a whoppy hump because that really is more accurate to what Mm -hmm. it is as opposed to just like girls bumping genitalia and labia is about. Back, back and forth. That's not really like a thing. Like no one's doing that. Right. I right. mean, I mean, you might be, but other people. Are no, not. I'm I'm honestly not like I, I will say this. Have I always sort of given scissoring the most valiant of attempts? Yes. 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 Do lesbians try to scissor? Of course. It's one of the first things we do before even we get a last name. It's the first thing. It was that's it's first date. Status. So. The instinct to say, listen, I have a clit. You have a clit. Right. Rubbing my clit works. Rubbing your clit works. Might we rub them against each other? Yeah, of course. One plus one equals two. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Has it ever effectively created anything for me that was was memorable? Worth it. No. And it's not. not. And it's not like... You guys can't see on video, but it's not like scissor and like this. You guys can't see on video, but we're scissoring. This is, yeah, we're scissoring right now. And we're able to talk through it as we do it. That's how, that's how, that's how pro we are. Lift your left leg. Lift your left leg, Darren. Do yours a little lower. It's more like on top of each other, right? Not a counterpoint type of thing. And so my point was like, it's not, scissor is not the actual right term for it. We're not both lifting our legs up, about to do flutters, and then like, coming in as puzzle pieces. We're not doing that. That's not what we do. So that's what I thought. And then honestly, Ashley Gavin, do you know Ashley Gavin? Yeah, I'm going on her podcast like in a week. Okay, you're doing a podcast tour. Uh, I I guess I am, all the lesbians. You're hitting all the lesbian podcasts. All the lesbians. So Ashley Gavin actually, you'll have to check with her, but I'm pretty sure scissoring is a big thing for her. What she told me, (sighs) if I'm remembering this correctly, and Ashley, feel free to kind of, send a voice note into the podcast when you're listening to this episode while you while you go to sleep. I think that Ashley will take a girl and kind of hold her waist to her waist and move gyrate in such a way that Ashley's able to come just from moving her. I can't believe I'm talking about how Ashley comes. Let's actually this is good prep for me to go on her podcast. So just so I know what to be aware of, because I got to go to her apartment. Yeah. Is it forward facing that we're doing this? Or Let me, is this I'm going to actually call her right now and see if she But to up. vagina? Like, what are we? Yeah, like, I feel like. I don't think she will pick up, but let's give it a go. Hi, no. Wow. Not only that, she like either sent you to voicemail or her phone's not even on. Her phone might not be on, but I love that we tried to call her. But I did. I remember one of my first girlfriends when we were having sex, you know, it's at the point in my lesbian journey where I'm like, okay, what do we do with this stuff? You know what I mean? Right. Where are we going? And yeah. where are we going with this? Like, you know, is there, is there like, I was waiting for some sort of treasure chest. Is there confetti uh, or is there a stop sign <laughs> or what's going on? Okay. Okay. Got it. You're looking for the signals. You're looking for the yeah. signals. Okay. I'm like, what do we do now? And she was like, I remember I was able to just like do a sort of scissoring thing once. And we kind of tried to pretzel our way into a situation that worked, but ultimately it was a fail. And I remember leave, walking away from that um, experience thinking maybe it's my dimensions that make scissoring the problem. But as okay. time has passed, as time has passed, I see it more as like philosophically. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Okay. Not a thing. You, you intellectualize it. I will say, I feel like it's sex shouldn't be this hard and you shouldn't have to pretzel your way into anything. That should have been your first red flag. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, I mean, look, Darren, like, 
can you please tell me what gay sex is then? <laughs> what should we be doing over here? Because right now we're just doing manicures and crying. Is that sex? Like we eat a lot of hummus. Is that sex? Yeah, I think just like staring into each other's eyes and like holding hands or like touching fingertips counts as sex yeah. in the lesbian world. Do I feel lesbian- like... Yeah, go. Answer. Anything with an orgasm kind of involved that's facilitated by the other person, I feel can count oh, you're as defining, sex. Oh, you're defining sex by orgasm now. That's that's very polarizing for our, our listeners that don't orgasm. Or an attempt at. That would be an attempt at it. I'm not saying it has to happen to completion because we all know in hetero world, most women are no not fucking coming from PNV. So, but that's yeah. still considered sex. So what I mean is like an attempt at pleasure, not necessarily, I'm using Pl- orgasm as the catch-all I'm using orgasm as the catch-all phrase, but yes, pleasure is better. Connected pleasure. I guess that's sex. I guess holding my hand sex then. I mean, but connected pleasure, but connected pleasure is like not true in hetero world because I know plenty of women who are not connecting with the dude or the dude's not connecting with her. And sex in hetero world is P and V. Well, well, but like, but like anal. Straight up. Anal. Or P and B. Yeah. Like (laughs) little P, B and J up in there. You got to be thinking. I mean, I guess, yeah, that's pretty crazy that like you can like, well, I know this happens for a lot of gay men, which I don't think is always spoken about, that gay men don't always have full penetrative sex. And they consider because that takes a lot of work. You got to like go get an enema. I'm pretty sure you need a colonoscopy. You need to prep. You need to like eat for 48 hours. Yeah, you absolutely need to take You have to be on a juice cleanse. You got to clean that shit out like regularly. You can't be having Korean food beforehand and then just like spontaneously have sex like Right. It's something lesbians kind of win at. We win so at the spontaneity. Lesbians is the opposite. We actually can just eat ourselves to a coma and just sit there and have a finger on the other person's belly, and that's sex. You could be the Ashley Gavin and just have the other person move on you and not move at all, and apparently you're just having sex, I guess. Okay, you know? Ashley, Ashley's like, what the fuck? You like, smeared my name. <laughs> smeared my name. She's going to sue us for way. defamation. That's fine. I know. We'll the, the name of this episode is Ashley Gavin's a Pillow Princess. I'm sure she she's is. like a... I'm sure she's like actually like a, you know, she's always posting about her forearms on Instagram. Like, like how strong she is. I would imagine that means like as a top. I'm not really sure. I'm making a lot of assumptions. Anyway, you have a girlfriend now. How long have you been out? I've been out since I was 19 and I'm 34. So 15 years, I guess the math on that. Okay. That's some good. And what was coming out like for you? What's your coming out story? I was very lucky. I grew up in the Northeast, so I had really progressive hippie parents who, like, you know, smoked weed and were very chill. Obviously, I came out in, let's see, what was that, 2007? So, you know, gay marriage obviously wasn't a thing. And it was still kind of, it wasn't as easy to come out as it is, it would have been now. You know, like, I didn't know any gay people in my college or anything like that. No one in my family, at least as far as I know, is gay. And Where'd when you I. Go again? I went to Lafayette College, which is in Eastern oh, Pennsylvania, yeah. small school. And I had dated a boy. I dated boys before then. So I think my parents were kind of shocked. But I met a girl my sophomore year at a formal that I was with a guy. And she came up to me and she was like, I knew she was bisexual, lesbian. And she came up and she hit on me. I'm like, she's like touched my dress. And she was like, ah, you know. And first off, I was wearing dresses. So that just goes to show how long ago it was. And I was at a formal with a boy. Just goes to show how long ago it was. And she's like, yeah. that dress is so soft. And I was like, like my ears were perked. We ended up getting our, we ended up getting our dates drunk. So they pass out and we hung out the whole night and ended up like hooking up. And then she's actually my very good friend now. And then over thanks, this was like in October of my sophomore year. And then over Thanksgiving, she wanted to surprise me. And I was like, come, like, come hang out with me. Like, you know how lesbians are. It's like your first, like, you're just move like, I, yeah, move in immediately. Although I have never lived with any other significant other except my one now. So I did the opposite. But anyway, she came over. My on parents were asleep. Yeah, on Thanksgiving night. And my parents were asleep. And she came over and she stayed over. And I gave her a pair of my clothes. And then in the morning, she woke up. And I was like, mom, dad, this is my girlfriend, Regina. And oh, she were, was your girlfriend at that point? Yeah, yeah. We were like, we're going to be together. And my dad was like, Men and women find women attractive. Like, great. We could talk about women now. Like, women are universally pretty. Like, do your thing. My brother didn't even care. And my mom, like, took maybe a little bit. It wasn't like, ew, wrong. It was more like, are you sure? You know, because I had never dated women before. And, you know, and she was just kind of like, well, I want grandkids and this and that. And I was like, well, I could be infertile and be straight. 
and not have kids. So that argument point, is, is, is wash. Yeah. She agreed with that. And now she's like, loves it. Oh my God. Like the night, like oh, and she was always very respectful. She never was disrespectful, but I think it just took her a little while to kind of like come around to it. And then, yeah. you know, I, th- I feel like the hardest person for me to come out to actually, actually myself, not really other people. And once I was like cool with it, I, it was like, it was full steam ahead for me. I've I had the same, back. the same experience of it being myself being the hardest person for me to really come out to, but I want to stay in the, re- the world of Regina for a second. Yeah. So that night, you get the guys wasted mm-hmm. or they get really bad. wasted. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wasn't force it down their throat. I don't want anyone thinking totally. that it's like, wasn't doing that. No, yes. I mean, I do a joke in my set. I'm like, the original Tinder was just making really strong mixed drinks for your straight friends. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just being like, let's drink guy. And we're clearing Gatorade. Woo. Out of let's it. Let's go like, crazy. I'm yeah. like, I just wanted to fuck like one yeah. of you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like just, I used to end up with all my good friends in college. Like I was that yeah. girl and, you know, I was the resident lesbian that the straight girls could like experiment with, you know, and that was fine for me at the time. Now I don't like that, but at the time it was great. Was that, was you, were you guys just like, was that like just like making out at parties though? Was that like what you were known for? Or you were like, no, I would like show them, show them around the old. Uh, you know, there was a, a particular girl that I showed around the block maybe a little bit, but mostly it was like, honestly, and not that I'm embarrassed by it now, but it was one of those things where I think today, everything that we know, it would have been different because at the time it was like, we're at a frat party and guys are like encouraging it. So it was like easy to do. And mm. I, you know what I mean? And now that I look at that and it, it, I didn't think of it at the time, I didn't mind it so at the time because I kind of was getting what I wanted to and experimenting totally. on my own without having any of the embarrassment of having to like admit that I was out. Yeah. But now when I look at it, you know, it's not a form of entertainment. Like it's it was a different time and there's no excuse for it. But I didn't have the same reaction that I probably would have today. Right. Like frat guys like enabling your queerness. Do it. Do it. You're like, yes, okay. scissor, scissor. Yes, scissor. You're like, I guess we have to. More? Like, <laughs> see, don't you want the guy? Like, mm-hmm. come back to my room. But yeah. come on. All the boys at Pike would love if I fingered you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and that definitely... Yeah, was a thing yeah. back then. Yeah. yeah. But so you, the guys the guys fall asleep at, you were 19 when this happened? Or, or yeah, I was 19. I was 19. 19. And she like touches your dress. Are you, is your heart like racing out of your chest at this point in time? Yeah, because I, there was a girl. So that was my sophomore year. There was a girl at the end of my freshman year. Yeah, that there was. was. It was bi, like the bi girl, right? And she, yeah. like I, she had really long hair. And then in the middle of semester had, cut it all off because her mom had cancer and she was doing it in like solidarity. And I remember thinking like how fucking cool that was. And she was really smart. Like she was a philosophy Mm. major. I just, I'm very attracted to intellect. Like that's my thing. And she was Mm -hmm. so smart. And I was was going to go study for my geology exam with my best friend. And this girl, I don't want to say her name just in case you listen, but this girl, she had DM, she'd aimed message me. And she was like, do you want to take a walk? Like, I feel like we would get along. Do you want to take a walk? And I was like, yes. And where's that coming from? Are you friends? We like knew each other loosely. I honestly don't know what the motivation for her was because I was dating my boyfriend at the time. But yeah, she's trying to walk with me. I guess I was like attractive back then. Not now, but like back then, I think I was like kind of a And you had a boyfriend. I had a boyfriend and she took a walk with me and we're walking and we're like, you know how when you're at a bar with a girl and you touched legs and you're like, this is everything heaven heaven this you could bottle this up and i don't need any more in my life than this right now it's better than sex it is though and like it was the not knowing like at that point i'd never had sex with a woman and she would just play with my hands like it would be really cold Ah! out she'd like she'd take my hands and she'd like blow on them because it was like cold in pennsylvania and like in the winter i know colbert's freaking right now she's freaking you can't see but she's freaking Jesus and Christ, at the this end is of everything. The, at the end of the walk, she That's was so like, gay. She was like, can I kiss you? And I was like, ah! <laughs> and I was like, yes, you can. And she kissed me. And it was like, from that point on, it was like, oh, this is what it should be like. Like, this wasn't doing it for men. This wasn't doing this experiment. This was like, this girl was into me. It was just her and I, no one was around. 
And like that totally changed everything for me. And I like absolutely fell in lust with this girl for like all four years, like obsessed with her. And Regina had made out with her that year. So I knew Regina was into women just through that. So when Regina came to come hit on me, I was like, like I was feeling good about myself. I've been on a walk now. I've been on a walk. I've gone around the block. Like I might know what to do now. I could look a bra. Like I got this shit. And that's like how it happened. And that was like, my mind was just going nuts because it was really my first experience like doing everything with somebody that was serious and not for other people. But I mean, I can still remember everything about it. Oh my God, I could still remember the way the wind felt against my cheek on that <laughs> cool, cool Lafayette night. Yes, I mean, when she, when she put my hands in her hands and blew on them and, you know, it was hot. Oh my steamy, God. I re- steamy outside that library. I remember every single detail of all of my first like electric experiences with women because they're so fucking like permanent in the best way in your brain. What yeah. did you feel at that point in time when you had the boyfriend, were you in like a meaningful relationship with him? Like, were you feeling like romantically connected to him in any way? Was it just like a, a performative thing? Was it like, a, I'm no, trying I, this? What was I it feeling def- like? I was dating him for four years. So we dated in high school. And then this was like my- Four years? We started dating sophomore year and then we broke up. That's I four years too ended long. Up dating Regina after my freshman year, I, I absolutely was in love with them. Like it wasn't something that I like knew. I wasn't like trying to not be gay in high school. Like I how genuinely you, liked him. Do you identify as lesbian? I do. Yeah, I identify. So as how did you? Gay. How were you in love with him? Is that naive? You know, it's funny because after doing scissoring isn't a thing with Liz and interviewing all sorts of people from trans people to to gay men, to pan. I actually think I'm probably more pan than anything else. Like I could, I could fall in love with a trans woman. No problem. Like I might even be able to fall in love with a trans man. Like it, it's so much less about like the genitalia than it is about the person. And it's just that I feel a deeper connection with women emotionally. And that felt so much more elevated than it did with my ex-boyfriend. But I, I lost my virginity to him. We're still very good friends. Like, I did love him, but it was because I didn't really know the comparison of what I really could feel. So it wasn't performative. I wasn't trying to hide anything. I didn't know. I wasn't exposed to it, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. No, I understand that. I mean, I felt like attracted to men before and like I've, I've dated men. I've had boyfriends. But whenever I am with women, it feels like this is like really cliche, but it feels like that same thing of like black and white versus color. Yeah. Like, I'm like, this is something that, like, I get it. Like, I see what's going on here, but it's just so pale in comparison to, like, my experiences with women. Right. So like, I think the movie's I'm good, gay. but it's better in 3D. Like, it's just yeah. better in this way. Like, it's just, and that's the thing. It's nothing just bad about him. It had nothing to do with him. It had everything to do with me and my experience. And, like, you know, we met when we were 15. Like, very yeah. rare for you to know anything, really, when you're 15 and... You know. So you didn't have any awareness of the fact that you were gay until what? You go for that cold walk in the woods one night? I wouldn't say I didn't have any awareness. I always like, I kissed a girl. I knew I was gay when I was seven. I kissed a girl in kindergarten. There you go. So I kissed her on the neck, which is very intimate. That's okay? sexual. It was so sexual. And Why like, did that happen? Was that like a Sharon, like a Sharon Tell thing? No, I just like, and tell. I remember Show her like, leaning and kids can do crazy things and it's not like that weird but I just remember her leaning back and I just like reached down and kissed her and I can remember that moment and I was like five or six years old and then I played soccer so I'd have dreams about like my soccer opponents sometimes and then there was this girl in theater because I was also a theater kid and I would like dream about her and trying to find excuses to like hang out with her and flirt with her and so I knew some I knew I was not 100% heterosexual I knew that right I right. just never really had the experience to pursue it until the girl kissed me at Lafayette. And I was like, wow, this is different. Because even the way it made out with girls in high school, it was the, that was performative to me. That was doing You're like, something. after kindergarten, I kind of was on ice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It was like, I, I, I cooled myself down a little bit. Um, <laughs> but once someone kissed me when she was like, I like you, I'm into you, I'm attracted to you, it sort of gave me permission to feel like it was okay to do that for myself. And then I never looked back. Was that geology bisexual? 
she is bisexual. No, geology bisexual, the girl you were studying for geology. Because we don't have a name for her. The geology walk. Yeah, she's... that this woman? Yes, that's that's, that's that. And and do you feel at this point in time, because a lot of people write in about this, like, where's the permission to, if something like this happens, I mean, obviously you're not like a total victim to these circumstances, but you're in a relationship with a guy and this has happened to me. I think this is a very queer, explorative moment. You're dating a guy, something comes up where you have this moment experimenting with a woman and, you know, where do you draw the lines around cheating? Do you feel guilty at that point in time about your boyfriend? Were you still with him? Are you like, this is my journey. Fuck it. Like, that's kind of how I feel. Did you ever tell him what, like what, what happened after that? I'm not sure. I don't remember telling him specifically about that. I mean, when I broke up with him, it was because I was dating a woman and he knew that. So it wasn't, that wasn't you broke the bad up with thing. Him Cause you're like, I have a girlfriend. Yeah. He actually read my text messages. He read my text messages and he saw you. He was like, what is this with this girl? He read my text messages when I was sleeping and I couldn't. And you, you fully entered a new relationship. It was That's the most lesbian thing I've ever heard. It was, there was overlap. I wouldn't say it was like, you know, when you're 19 years old, like everything is an experiment, right? Everything is like that. So it's like, I'm not one. First off, I do think there's something is ethical cheating. I am not the type of person who views making out with other people as cheating. Although I under, I respect other people's boundaries for thinking that everyone has their own whatever. I remember feeling guilty about it. Like she wanted to go farther with me and I wouldn't do that because I felt that boundary with him. Mm -hmm. But I also remember thinking like there's something in me that absolutely has to do it and has nothing to do with him and has everything to do with me. And unfortunately he was like a casualty in my discovery of who I was. Perfect way of putting it. You know, and that, and that's, and that's shitty. And I'm not necessarily saying that that, I'm encouraging it. I just think that sometimes you can't help that. And, you know, for me, I've always felt that being in love and being having feelings for somebody is way more fun, even if you get hurt, than shutting everyone off completely. I, I've yes. always felt vulnerable, vulnerability was much more fun. So, I mean, I don't think that, like, I was the perfect person, but I'm not really sure it could happen any other way than what it did. Yeah. And the fact that I was 19... I do chalk it up to just being really young, you know, and trying to figure out who I was and finding my own confidence. And there was a casualty in that, you know, but he's yeah. fine. Yeah, he's fine. right. They're yeah. fine. They live, they live. Fine. Life goes on. He's fine. Or do you still believe that making out with someone is not considered uh, cheating? Not for me. I wouldn't break up with someone over that unless they were like, I don't want to be with you anymore. That but is it allowed? Um... I could see myself being in a relationship under which that was allowed. It's not right now in my relationship currently, but like I've been in open relationships before. I've been in relationships that it's not so cut and dry. I I don't necessarily believe in like 100% like rigid monogamy. I think monogamish is more palatable and more realistic for people, especially in entertainment. But it's funny because I used to feel this way. And now the current girlfriend I'm with, I'm like obsessed with her that the concept of like her kissing another person like makes me cry like it makes me so upset so I wouldn't be comfortable with that in our relationship but if she what about the concept of you kissing another person I don't have any desire to do that right now but I would hope that if I made a mistake in doing that that she wouldn't break up with me for it but I'm not looking to do that in any sort of way like I think in previous relationships I was after a certain period of time just trying to figure out what I wanted but I don't feel that way with Nadine now. It's, I'm also much older now. I know what I want a lot more. Her and I were already friends for years before we got together. So like trust was already established. I had like had a crush on her for so long. So it's like a little oh, bit of a long game thing. Wait, tell me about that. I want to hear about that. That's the best. Her and I have known each other for like nine years. We met when I was okay. she's 10 years older than me. So she's in her mid 40s. I love that. That's fucking hot. My girlfriend's eight years older than me. Oh, it's so it's the Best, the fucking it? best. best. I never want to. I don't want to. I don't do not understand. Why do I want to date a like, twenty-one year old? Dudes want to fuck young girls. I'm like, why? Dude, I want to fuck your mom, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, why? I don't want to fuck a twenty-one year old. I can't have a conversation older with women. Them. And like my girlfriend, I would never call her like older. She would like roll over. But like, just come on. Generally older than your twenties, thirties. Like, that is so fucking hot. Like a and woman she- that like knows what she wants. She's like established, like, holy sexy. My God, let me fuck you. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I I feel like we're going to be like bros. No, we are. You and and we are going to have like like conversations of chicks over beers. Like we're going to be those lesbian girls. Like, let's so feel this. That's what's going to happen. You and I are going to fucking do this. We're going to punk out about it. But I met Nadine 
Nadine's my girlfriend. I met Nadine like nine years ago when I was like 24 and she was 34. And oh, she had a girlfriend at the time. I had a girlfriend at the time. And we met, we were in the same universe. And uh, I remember thinking like, this girl's cute and she's gay. Like, oh, and she's she's Iranian. So she's like exotic looking. And I'm like into that. And she just carried herself. She was so nice. She was so fun. But at 24 to 34, she was out of my league. Like I couldn't afford shit. You know, you get paid like $28,000 a year. Like I, I just, and not that pay necessarily matters, but at that time when I was in my career and she was so much older, I couldn't keep up. Like I genuinely yeah. felt you like you can't she was pull just, a Pete Davidson, Kim K unless you have at least a hundred grand or like a huge dick. And I don't <laughs> yeah. have her. So like it wasn't going to work for me. Right, and right. she had a girlfriend at the time. So did I. And uh, we've just been friends forever. And we would like get together. She lives in LA and we would get together and like, talk about our girlfriends, talk about our life, be friends. So you're both single at this point in time. We were both coming out of relationships. We were both coming out of it. And I asked if I could kiss her, much like how I started my relationship. And she said yes. And no, um, build up to this more. I saw I met up with her and I was very attracted to her. Like I hadn't seen her in a while. And I always was attracted to her personality. But I was like, this girl, I was like, I like her. And I had... Can I just say that when my girlfriend looks hot, I go like this. I go, and she goes, that is so fucking annoying and disgusting. And I'm just doing that sound effect in my head thinking she's like, that's so fucking cheesy. But like when a girl's hot, it's literally a cartoon. Your eyes pop out of your head. I was going to say like the dog like, and you're like, your tongue rolls down and then someone's like, pull it back up in your mouth. So she looks banging. She looks amazing. She's smart. She is put together. Like she dresses well and she's sweet. She's nice. And I started like flirting with her a little bit and she was like reciprocating, you know, she was reciprocating, but we were both in relationships. So I kind of just put it on the back of my mind, had texted her. And then turns out her and I had broken up with our girlfriends at the same time, like on the mm-hmm. same day, but mm-hmm. not purposefully. Like we had texted and I was like, broke up with my girlfriend. She was like, I broke up with my girlfriend. And went to, I went to go see her. I wanted to, like, she knew that I was into her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we were hanging out. And she's, it's funny to look at it now because the way that she saw it, she was like, she was never going to make the first move because she didn't want to be, like, predatory. Like, when you're wow, older, like, she so didn't want to do that. And I am a very confident person. And I, oh not God, that you're she's the, you're not. You're my mirror. You're the but, same yeah, as me. Yeah, but I'm like, I'm going for it. Like I said, vulnerability. Like if I, I always down, say, can I kiss you? I always use that. I mean, I think it works like, I think if you say it like so confidently, it's so suave. If you, right. And you're, it's so suave. It's so suave. And she was walking me back to my hotel and I, my lobby was under construction mm-hmm. and I was like, it was, it was kind of cold outside. So she was like, let me call an Uber. Cause I got to go back to my thing. And I was like, great. So I was like, but stand inside like, the lobby don't. with me. Yeah. So she like calls an Uber. She's looking there and I was like, can I kiss you? She's like, yeah. And I hit cancel on her phone. So I canceled the Uber. And exactly. And as soon as I kissed her, I mean, we both looked at each other and we were like, this is it. We were both like, I can't believe we haven't been doing this for since we've met 10 years ago or whatever. It was like, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. And, And then what happens? She cancels the Uber and you guys are together from that moment on. Not necessarily, because we were, like, distance a little bit. She had to go back to her place. I had to go back to mine. Uh-huh. Uh, but about a month later, yeah. like. And did was, you move into her place? Did you no, find she, a place together? She moved in. She moved to New York to be with me. And so we lived together she in New York. She moved to New York? Yeah. I thought you just said she lives in L.A. Oh, she lived in L.A. At this she point lived in L.A. And she's from So now Orange she's County. in New York? Yes. But she's with me in L.A. right now. And we're bi-coastal together because her job is kind of still here. Mine is still kind of in New York. But during the pandemic... You could work anywhere. So she came to come live with me in New York and then we moved in together in Gramercy. And I'd never lived with a significant other ever, ever. Wow. And how long has it been? We've been together now like two years, two and a half. But it feels like I've known her for a long time because I have. So it was like she was the first person I dated where it was already, I dated so many girls like over Tinder or through my job. And you know, in the lesbian world, it's like your first date, if it's going well, you know, you just met each other, but if it's going well, of course you're gonna have a second date. And then if you have a third date and a fourth date, it's like, okay, now you're dating. We're gonna get married. But you don't know that person. Like you generally don't know that person before you actually decide to start dating them because your dates yes. are just going really well. And then Always. life hits and you're like, wait, do I know this person? Do I trust this person? Well, with her, 
she knew all my shitty things. Like I would tell her all my like deep, dark secrets because we were friends and I knew her things. So we had established so much trust. So when we got together, it was genuinely like dating my best friend. Like that Mm. sounds so cliche, but it was like dating this person that I never knew that completely existed in an entirely different realm that I had kind of pined after from a distance for a long time. And now she was like into me and the timing was just right. And it, Mm. it's like, I'm dating my best friend. And that's never really happened to me before. That's amazing. I love every single part of that entire story. Now that it's been like two years, as I'm asking, because this is the position I'm in in my relationship, because my girlfriend's older, like, is there a timeline conversation around, like, do do you want to have children? Does she want to have children? Like, what is the, what does it look like for you guys? I never really wanted to have, it wasn't like I didn't want to have kids, but I won't have kids by myself. I don't have that desire right now where I am in my life. I can't say what three Mm -hmm. years is going to be, but where I'm in my life, I didn't want to have children by myself. So I wanted to be with a partner that did. She does. We both work a lot. And so that is kind of- She's 42? Three. About to be 44. 43. And she wants to have kids? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't have any desire right now where I am to be pregnant. I- I, I don't have that thing in me that says I want my body to do what it should do or whatever. Yeah. And all my yeah. friends are kind of having kids. And my best friend just had a, a girl a year ago and I'm her godmother. And I'm like very much so like involved in her life. And she's like the cutest little baby ever. She's half Chinese, half Japanese. She's just like mm, Mesa. She's like the most adorable thing. And I love her. And I want to have, I want Mesa, that's her name, to have like my, I want her to be best friends with my kid, you know, cause like yeah. our parents aren't worth best friends. And, you know, it's just a matter of like timing. I really want to freeze my eggs, honestly. So that way it gives me a little bit more time to like decide what I can do. Well, but, yeah, what, I, what, I, would you guys use your eggs? Do you have these conversations? We do. I'm in the thick of these conversations right we now. We do. We both have brothers. So there's that where it's like, you know, so, if, so it's like my girlfriend's sperm, my, my brother's sperm and my girlfriend's egg. Oh, you Her would brother's sperm. I would. I mean, obviously, they have to be okay with it. In my yeah. mind, I would because that's kind of the best scenario of the kid being both of our DNAs. Like we go back and forth about that. Like though, like do we want the kid to have like a genetic like bio? Like, is do I really want my brother's sperm and my girlfriend? I mean, if you look at it like that, they say that doesn't bother me at all because like my brother is my my proxy, my representative. You know, we look like twins. We have a very similar personality. He's one of my best friends in the world. I love the guy, and I like I you know like biology doesn't necessarily make a family, you know, because like, no, you're, you're so right. These are just, of course, the things that cross. Of course. My mind. No, like, and, and every time I say that to people, not, they're like, not from, a place, not from a place of judgment, just from a place of like, you think through these things endlessly when like Absolutely. you're in this position of discussing this and like, you know, my girlfriend, like her brother, I don't have a brother. She has a brother. What I do have is I have, my dad is an identical twin. So I have cousins that are technically half brothers. Okay. So that kind of, So that's kind of interesting. But what what the only thing that I then think about, well, I think two parts that that come to mind for me is one is like being in like a family space and just the like, is there any sort of boundary issue with like a brother or a cousin actually being the genetic father? Like, does that bring up anything for the kid that is like particularly challenging in a way that like some other option wouldn't be? I don't know. It's just a conversation to have. And then the other thing is if we have two kids, we could potentially like do the same sperm donor if we do one of my egg and one of her egg. Yeah. Yeah. And that way they could be, and that's, and that's entirely like all of those are options and like kind of thank God we have those options because yeah. a lot of people don't even like you're kind of stuck with what you're what who you're dating in that family history. You know, I think a lot of it is like how you raise the kid. I think there could be an argument made for either. I mean, is it easier or harder to have a dad you don't know versus a dad that you do who's in the family, who's kind of your uncle? I don't know. Like, it, I, don't I, think, know either. I, I think it's how it's presented, you know, but in my mind, like the devil, you know, is kind of better than the devil. You don't. And I, you know, like I want certainly in like, like, I don't even necessarily love the idea of marriage, but having a kid, I definitely believe in marriage because I would want the same rights to my child that like, if she gave birth that I, I, I'm the, I want to be the fucking mom. I think she would be more willing to do it than me, but you know, older. You guys would figure something out. Surrogate. Surrogate. Yeah, I know. And I said to my friend the other day, I was like, I was like, two women having a surrogate feels like the most privileged thing. So excessive. Yeah, it's like so We should probably get another pussy in here. It's like, I don't want to do this. So let's Mm -hmm. hire someone else. But 
you know, I like it. I if you have the funds and you don't mind doing it, it's bringing life into this world. That's how I view it. But there's still like so many complications to figure out, which is why I want to like freeze my eggs and like give me more time because I'm not getting any younger and I should just do it if I want to do it. Yeah, we've been exploring that a lot. I mean, it's a whole journey. How long have you and your girlfriend been together? We've been together almost two years now. We are kind of like a pandemic romance kind of, but I knew her a little bit before. Okay, Um, and you live together? We live together. My first girlfriend I've ever lived with. Same. We're the same. We're the same fucking human being. We're having like beers crazy. every day. I know. It's weird. <laughs> I know. But I, I also know, think totally. like when you do that when you're a little bit older, it's better because you are more solidified in who you are and like what you can bring to the table than like there's something messy about like two 23 year olds moving in together and you're figuring out life together. Yeah, like that's there's chaotic as fuck. It's much nicer. I feel like having your own established boundaries and own established shit going on that when you move in together, your lives can sort of merge as opposed to like figuring out what the fuck you're doing forward. Like, yeah, I need eh. another apartment and a surrogate. That's how much space I need. Yeah. Goddamn. I will say we have a two bedroom, two bath and much needed when you have two girls. We always joke about like the hair and the drain, you know? Yeah. Thank fucking God. We have, we also have a two bedroom, two bath. You know, like it's like necessary. You're like, absolutely. Yeah. But we're, we're the West coast version of you guys. Like the west side of town. You're in Silver Lake, right? We're in Venice. Yeah. Oh, okay. But we're going to, when we, if and when I move more here, we will be west side because she wants to be on the water. We're just in Silver Lake for the time being. That's my girlfriend too. Where are you going to move on the west side? She wants to move to like Marina del Rey or Santa Monica or she used to live in Playa Vista. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So, but we're not going to move back there, but like somewhere along the water, I told her she can pick. I feel like I'm talking to like my... Like, you're like, we're you living are. parallel lives. So this is what Lucas so does. Strange. And Lucas, like, literally introduced being like, you guys are both gay. And we were like, ugh. I but hate when people out, do it's that. it's so much more than that. I know. I know. And then yeah. it turns out, like, Lucas was right. Fuck that guy. And like, he was it. I correct. hate when he's right. He's never right. So, like, no, he's never been this. right once in his life. Yeah. All of a so sudden. So we'll give him this. Carpe diem, everybody. Carpe Darren. Where else can people find you? Plug everything. People TV's reality check. It's on Monday through through Thursday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on PeopleTV.com, also on YouTube and Twitter. You can check out my true crime podcast, Shaken and Disturbed, wherever you get your podcasts. I also did a podcast for Investigation Discovery called Betrayal with Darren Karp. And every month, including the first weekend of April, you can catch me on Good Morning America talking about entertainment to binge. And I will be on Good Morning America then. Hell yeah. Yeah, a lot of good stuff. Thank (laughs) you for coming on. Thanks for having me, twin. Of course. 